0: you're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wonderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we are going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. welcome to another episode of How She Creates. I am thrilled for today's episode. It's a different one than we have had in the past, but it is right up our aisle of creativity. And I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Manaz, if you will introduce yourself and say
1: hello and give us a little bit of a bio about who you are and what you do. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to share this. So my name is Manaz Khan, and I'm an artist and a color psychology specialist. Very cool. And tell us um, where we can find you online. Yes, you can find me anywhere on Instagram, Facebook, on my website. It's Manaz Khan Studio. Awesome. And can you spell that for us? Sure. So it's my first name and my last name. That's M-E-H-N-A-Z-K-H-A-N. Studio. S-T-U-D-I-O. Perfect.
0: So, okay. So today we are talking about color psychology, which I am really intrigued by and really excited to dive into. And I know people are going to have a ton of questions and be really intrigued with this. So first, before we dive in, we're going to back up and tell me your creative story. How did you fall in love with
1: creating? And how did you come to color psychology? Okay. So I think we're going to go back in 12 years ago uh, when I first embraced motherhood and I was this in, in this new relationship. So uh, we had an arranged marriage and, you know, uh, this is a new relationship. There was a baby and crazy hormones going on, super anxious. Uh, on top of that, I was living in a new town. Seasonal depression was a big thing for me. And all of this, you're trying to be happy. You want to be the best mother, but you just can't uh, get that self-motivation and you have to push yourself a lot so after years and years of struggle one day I picked up the paintbrush after a really long time and I used to paint before I got married and that just changed my life so it was like intuitively I knew this thing about colors but when I started using them and especially creating art and having a lot of color on your vertical surface that's um, where I got back into it my life changed i was more happy our relationships at home were much better and then finally i decided i see all women struggling through this and i need to get out and i need to start helping so that's a little bit of my story there oh
0: lovely i think that that's a place that a lot of people can relate is new motherhood and moving and things changing and what do i do with myself and people go back to you know, hobbies that they had in the past. And it really does change the game for so many of us. So had you been creative as
1: a kid? Did you go to school for creativity or art? So Lauren, I want to say two things here. Um, The mistake I was making, so the law of attraction has three aspects to it. It's your mindset, which we all know everybody talks about it. And these days people are even talking about it more. The second one is your destiny. And the third one, which is equally important, it's one third of it, is your environment. And if your environment is not in alignment with your mindset, that shift doesn't happen. So you want to be happy like I wanted to be happy. But my environment was telling a completely different story. It was dull, boring, and depressing. And when both of these factors come in alignment, it's easier. You get that external motivation for the shift to happen. So that's the biggest mistake I was making. And I see a lot of mothers making that mistake. And once you change that environment, it sends a very positive message to your subconscious mind. And, you know, the shift happens. And going back to was I creative? I was. I was always into this. I used to paint. I tried a lot of different stuff. But I never went to school for it. And I never thought of having a career in arts. <laughs> Oh, okay. And so what did you, did you go to college? (laughs) Yes, I have, throughout my education, I've had a engineering background. So all from ninth standard, I was a pre-engineering student, computer science throughout. I have a bachelor's of science in computer science. I have a master's of science in computer science, and I have an MBA. And uh, one fine day, I decided I'm done. I don't want to continue with this. I don't want to work in this field anymore. I want to paint.
0: Oh, I love it. And so what was it like the first time that you went back to painting?
1: It was awesome. It was, I could feel the passion and, um, you know, making this big decision that I don't want to have a career and years and years of education, <laughs> giving that up, it uh, it requires a lot of, um, definitely have to be really passionate about it.
0: Yeah, and will you share a little bit about what that was like in your life for you to make that big change? because I know people around you were like, oh, uh,
1: we paid for you to go to school <laughs> and what are you gonna, what are you doing? I think it showed my happiness and my passion showed. So, you know, we're not on video right now, but people tell me, my clients, my mentor, my friends, that when I talk about colors, my eyes literally sparkle. And I think that was so obvious. And it was just, even though I was much more busy when I was painting and doing your own business and everything, but the relationship between my husband and with the kids, you know, you're not nagging, you're just, you're a happy person. So it was worth it for everybody.
0: Oh, I love that. That's so fantastic. I know that's such a hard thing that people um have to get over and I mean and I definitely have experienced that too and that's that's definitely a big stumbling block. Um
1: so tell us what is color psychology. Okay. So let's look at the definitions. Color psychology is the study of how colors influence your feelings, thoughts, emotions, behavior, everything. So We all know that technically, color does not exist, right? It's just a phenomena. So when you look at an object, it reflects wavelength of light to your eye, and your eye sends those neurotransmitted uh, impulses to your brain, and your brain processes it. And that's where color stops becoming visual anymore, and it turns into emotion because every time your brain processes a color, it triggers an emotion in your mind. And it does so because all of this happens in our part of the brain, which is called the hypothalamus, where our emotions are processed, our hormones, our metabolism, the entire doctrine system. So that's color psychology in brief. Okay, that was a lot. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But
0: so fascinating. Okay, so if... We wanted to see an example of how color psychology is working in our lives
1: right now. How can we make that connection? Okay. So it's working in your life 24-7. And just to understand that, the easiest way is think about living in a black and white world. How would you know the sun is not peeking through uh, your window in the morning? You're not going to have that, it's time to wake up. It's the same throughout the day. How would you make that first cup of coffee? Now, I like my coffee with a lot of milk. My husband likes a dark coffee. So by looking at the color, I know how much milk I have to pour into it. If it was a black and white world, how would you know these? Basic decisions. Every moment of your day, you're making these decisions based on color. Oh, wow. I've never thought about it like that. What you want to wear um, is all about your feelings, and that's how you choose your clothes even. And uh, like I said, the food you're eating. So my five-year-old, she knows since a long time that the yellow banana is ready to eat and the green is not. But if we lived in a black and white world, you cannot make that decision.
0: Hmm. That uh, That is so poignant. And you're right. That's the perfect example of how we're all <laughs> affected by this and living in this at this very moment. Yes. And so tell me, okay, so you mentioned um, color being linked to emotions and making these choices when you're getting dressed. So
1: how are colors linked to emotions? Okay. So like I was mentioning, objects... You see color because of the light reflected off it, okay? So when your brain processes it, every color is a different light, and it's scientifically, it's a wavelength. It's a number. So depending on that number, it triggers a certain emotion. That number that is sent to your eye, to your brain, the message, because of the light, that triggers a certain emotion, and it's happening in that part of our brain where emotions are processed anyways. So do we all process them the same? Okay, so we can say pretty much now there is there are outliers, such as color-deficient people. So that's going to be different, but we know about it, um, different color deficiencies. Now, consider anything like um, nutrition or medicine. When you go to a doctor, there is a pill, but everybody is prescribed it in a little bit of a different way, depending on your body. Uh, similarly, the colors are going to be. So I never recommend, um, if you go on my blog or read anything about what I have to say, I never recommend certain color names that are calming or soothing. I'm never going to say that because every person is going to have a different color depending on the undertones and the base of the colors. And this is where it's really essential. So I work with clients one-on-one and we try to figure out their archetypes, their true personalities, and then their lifestyle and everything. And that's how we decide on exactly what color is going to work for them. But pretty much it is in that same range. So for example, light blues are soothing. So it's going to be a certain light blue. So that is universally accepted, that light blue is going to be soothing. Soothing for the mind, Mm -hmm. to be exact. Uh, Just to add here, blue is the color of the intellect, the mind. So any shade of blue will always trigger a mental response. Saturated blues, your dark blues, your navies are always mentally stimulating. So mental is really important here. It's mentally stimulating, lighter, low intensity colors are mentally soothing. But then what exact shade is going to work for you is not going to work for me. And that that we have to work on one on one. This whole consultation process is a couple of hours. So, you know, it's, it's just not possible. I We go through everything. I have to understand your archetype, your lifestyle, who lives with you, uh, what sort of behaviors and actions do you want to see in your space? Now, notice here, I'm talking about behaviors and actions, not just feelings and mood. So, yes, you create a mood. But mood is always temporary and it leads into behaviors and what we actually see. We don't see the mood. We see the behavior. So to understand this, let's think of a gloomy, you know, it's a peak winter. It's a gray day outside. It's snowing. The sun hasn't shown in a couple of days and you're feeling gloomy. So that is a feeling or a mood. How do you know that someone is feeling gloomy? By their actions, by them not wanting to get out of bed, staying under covers. And we see actions and behaviors. We don't really see the moods and feelings.
0: What suggestions would you give us for how we could use color to alter our moods and our mindsets for maybe someone who lives in like a Portland or a London that's really rainy and gray most of the time? What suggestions would you give to them?
1: Definitely. That's an awesome question. In fact, my favorite question. So um, there's a lot of information on my blog, on my Instagram. I do a lot of information and throughout winter. I live in upstate New York where winter is really harsh and it's gloomy. And throughout winter, I, I literally at the top of my voice is like, include yellow in your life, wear some yellow clothing, include some yellow in your accessories, you know, the bright spring yellow. You shouldn't actually wait for spring when spring co- comes to include those colors. So what's happening is yellow is missing in our environment at during peak winter, like you said, Portland, Portland or London or e- in New York. That is the color that's missing. And our subconscious mind does not recognize the difference between the yellow it's seeing. Is it the sunlight or is it just a cushion? So, you know, our subconscious mind works in binary. The best way to understand this is, do you cry when you watch a movie or a sad scene, Lauren? Yes. Okay, I do. And I think every woman I've met says that. So that happens because your subconscious mind does not recognize that it is happening to you or is it happening to somebody else? So you don't have control over it. So your subconscious mind doesn't recognize that either. Where's the yellow coming from? But it knows this is our ancient brain kicking in, which knows that the yellow is the representation of the sun. So in places like this, look outside in nature and see what's missing. If it's too gloomy, it's a gray day. Bring those colors that just make us happy. Spring makes everyone happy. And just include those colors in your life, in your wardrobe, in your interiors. Oh, I love
0: that. That feels like such a good creative challenge to give people is to wear colors outside of the appropriate season, you know, the deemed appropriate season. Um
1: that that's a really fun that's one. That's true. Color is an instant booster, and you know that. You're an artist, you're a creative person. Everybody listening to us is a creative person. They know how color changes the way you're feeling. It's an instant booster. I wear a lot of color during the winter. I wear black. Um but I wear black in days when I'm, you know, I'm living my mom life. I'm picking up the kids and dropping up the kids. I haven't showered in a couple of days. I don't want to be seen. So I'm hiding behind that black. But when I want to be seen, it's it's going to be obvious with colors. And it instantly changes your mood. And I think people should definitely try it during this time when you're staying home and you're feeling like it's not about dressing up. It's about just adding color to your wardrobe.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that you said that. It's not about getting super dressed up. It is um, not. Yeah, it. today I'm... I'm wearing yellow shorts and like a yellow, you know, graphic tee and that it is, it's making such a difference, but it's still, you know, like kind of, you know, crummy shorts and a t-shirt, but it does. It makes all the difference. I love that you made that differentiation. Um, Awesome. So how as artists, How are we using color psychology and maybe we don't even
1: realize it? That's true. We don't realize it because color psychology works on a very unconscious level. We're using it all the time. Any sort of, um, so let's start by saying um, we we always hear this, that our color choices are very subjective. I just like this color. There's no reason for it, Mm. which is not true. There's always a reason behind our color choices, and it's either one of the three. Number one is the personal association. So, some sort of life event that happened uh, in the past, you have a memory. It could be a good memory, it could be a bad memory. For most people, it is like the color of their uniform. If they did not have a good time at school, whenever they see that color, it just, they might not even know what's going on, but it just creates that, like, I want to reject this color it could be a, a beautiful vacation you had and it bring back, back good memories. So you just want that color in your life. It just brings a smile on your face. Does, does that recall any colors mm-hmm. in your life, Laura? Yes, I immediately started thinking about the colors of the
0: sea at this very specific place we were at in Cambodia. I love that color. And every time that I, I have worked with a designer and I've been like working on my brand, I keep sending them pictures of the ocean and I'm like, no, this blue, this blue is the one I want in my brand. And I didn't know why exactly.
1: That That is the perfect example. So it happens on that level, you just don't know. So when I work with clients, we have to dig in. We have to find out why does somebody has this association Or sometimes, you know, there's this color elephant in the room, a color they don't like at all, but it can be supportive for them. So we have to find out what's going on. Why do they have this rejection? The second reason is cultural uh, significance. Now, you live in the Middle East, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, it could be anything. It is a certain color has certain importance in your culture. So when, again, dealing with clients, you need to know from where their background is, where they come from, because maybe the certain color sparks that emotion in them. They have a, a certain connection to it and you're not thinking that way. A great example is in the US, brides wear white on their wedding day. In a country like India, a widow wears white. So like oh. if an Indian sees a bride wearing a white, oh my God, they're going to have a heart attack. So it is <laughs> the importance of the significance of culture, uh, the color in their culture. And uh, yeah, you'll find a lot of this. So it's that is where your connection to color comes from. And again, you're not realizing it, but you do have that connection that it brings back memory or something. You know, your family had some sort of association, which would be again personal, but your culture wise. And the third one, which is very unconscious, and that is color psychology. You definitely have some feelings or reactions uh, towards a color. You just don't know what it is. And that is where color psychology comes in.
0: Mm. Oh, that is so fascinating. And I know everyone's like immediately looking around them right now. And they're <laughs> like, "What? why did I
1: choose that color? What is this color here for? Um, yes, that's definitely an exercise to perform and uh, Think back, and it's it's just you know sometimes you have that thing like why are you rejecting it? And once you know, it's gone. It's just gone.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, is there any way that we can reassociate new memories and
1: better emotions with a color that maybe did have a negative association with it? So the first thing is that realizing it. If you can get to that point, it actually goes away. In most cases, it does. It's not necessary. It's going to happen in a couple of hours, or right that instance. It could take you some time, but it generally goes away.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. So I really don't like the color orange. So I need to
1: like go back and figure out why. Yes, yes. Uh, Another thing you can notice about it: it could be a particular tone of orange. Maybe it's all shades of orange, but it could be a particular tone. And um, you know, colors such as yellow. I hear all the time people like, I don't like yellow. So there is a shade of yellow for everyone. You just haven't found your perfect shade that's going to tune with your archetype. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think you, oh. can, you can try to see that like, is it a certain tone of orange that you're not liking? And then again, think about something happened in time. And sometimes, you know, you can't even recall those memories. Um, but it could be just uh, that it's just one tone.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Cause I was immediately thinking like, I do really love a very deep, vibrant yellow color, which is so close to orange. Um, okay. I'm going to have to think about this. I'll get back to you guys. If I figure out what my <laughs> version is. So what impact is it having in our art as we're creating and as we're reaching for paint and putting paint on the page, Do you feel like you are consciously making choices every time that you go to paint or do you just let it flow and let it happen? How does that work for you?
1: For me, it is very conscious. It is. And um, one reason about it, again, it's in... It was intuition in the beginning when I did not know much about color psychology. But another reason is my brain works in a very analytical way. And it could be because of my IT background for years of programming. And you just ha- you work in a very process way when you're in computer science and that field. So my process has always been like that. And I need to, so when I'm working with a client, I'm doing a custom piece, I need to, we talk about which room the piece is going to go in, what are the feelings they like to feel in that space, how that space is used, what sort of behaviors they want to see, the people using the space and their archetype. And then I match colors to those feelings, those moods, those behaviors. And that's how my palette is created.
0: Oh, so you start with feelings and then work into your colors from
1: there. Correct. Oh, very cool. An example would be muted tones, which, is, which has a lot of gray in it, a hint of gray, a lot of gray. Those colors don't work for me. To this extent if I'm in a space which is particularly designed with a lot of uh, muted tones, I will start feeling sick. I will have a headache and I'll feel dizzy. And if I spend a couple of hours in a space like this, so it's, it's really essential to figure those things out.
0: This is so fascinating. So (laughs) since you've learned this, what changes have you made in your environment?
1: So, um, you know, it doesn't happen in a second. I'm very conscious. My kids are very conscious. Um, I have... Two boys and a little girl, and I have included a lot of colors in their clothing. I'm very careful about what colors I'm putting in their rooms. We do have colors, but we have to be really careful because we don't want very stimulating colors. It's going to affect their behaviors. It's going to affect their sleep. Uh, it's really difficult to find clothing for boys that is colorful. That's the hardest thing. I don't know why. <laughs> no book, no religious book in the world says that pink is for girls and boys cannot have pink. No religion in the world says this. This is... Now, this is a great example of cult- um, color and culture. You know, eons ago, somebody mm-hmm. decided that pink is for girls and blue is for boys, and that's how we see it. When a boy is wearing pink, is like, oh, my gosh, he's too girly, or what is he doing? So... Yeah, this is the biggest difference we've created in our home. We're very conscious about what colors we're bringing and how is it going to make us feel.
0: That is so interesting about choosing the colors that are going to be too stimulating for your kids in their rooms. Um, As a parent, is that something that you recommend and that you would encourage? Or do you feel like that is kind of based on your kid and kind of the environment you're trying to create for them?
1: So it will be to some extent, but yes, as a parent, I do recommend. So I, I've talked up in a, in a few parenting groups, and we see these things coming up all the time. Uh, my child is hyperactive. Uh, my child is not eating. Okay. So yes, there could be things like your child is really hyperactive and you need to calm them down using some other techniques and your child doesn't like the texture of the food. They could have eating disorders, but color could be a part of it. If you're serving your child food in a, in a blue plate, blue is, uh, I, I, have you heard that blue suppresses the appetite? maybe I have,
0: but Uh, keep going. Yeah, Yeah. I'll
1: explain it in a little bit more detail. It's going to be really interesting. So I just mentioned blue is the color of the mind, right? And eating is a physical activity. It has nothing to do with your mind. Uh, In the sense, when we're really busy working, uh, you know, you're busy in a project, you don't care about eating, you can spend the whole day and You won't even feel like, oh, I didn't have food. You're so involved in that mental activity. So eating is a physical process and blue kills the appetite. And I'll go in a little bit more detail in that. So it could be that color that's killing their appetite. It could be other colors in the space, in the surrounding, in the room um, that's affecting their appetite. Red is the color of the physical. So like we mentioned, the blue is the color of the mind. Red is the color of the physical. So any derivative of red your favorite color raspberry pink is a derivative of red Mm -hmm. it is a physically uh, stimulating color low intensity reds are going to be physically soothing and the saturated reds or magentas and pinks, or any derivative of red such as maroon is going to be physically stimulating so Now, reason behind that, red is the longest wavelength in the visible spectrum. So it is very stimulating. If you have a lot of red around with your kids, it's going to stimulate them. It's going to affect their sleep. So this is all scientifically I'm talking. It's not about don't use this color. I don't like this color of something against this colors. So this is why you need to know this. What colors are you putting in your bedroom? What is the purpose of the bedroom? For me, the purpose of my bedroom or my kid's bedroom is to aid in sleep. It's not an creating a very romantic thing it has to be over the top and look very beautiful it has to help me sleep better at night so that's the kind of colors I'm going to choose and kids are a little bit more sensitive to all of this Uh, you know they're younger their brain is more active so you need to be a little bit more careful with what colors you're putting and as artists we all know that anything that goes on the vertical space always makes a bigger difference since it's eye level than anything that goes on the horizontal space
0: Oh, this is all so fascinating. Um, okay, so if we are decorating our house, mm-hmm. what would be your like number one tip that you would share when choosing colors for our home?
1: Um, any specific space that's in your mind? Um, we'll say a living room. Okay, so living room, we will think about what are the activities you perform in your living room. Is it about relaxing the body after a long, hectic day? Is it about having a lot of conversations, a lot of activities, playing games and watching a lot of loud movies and things like that? So you have to start there. So if you want to relax your body, physically relaxing, so you're going to use low-intensity reds, which is basically pink. And uh, once I had a client, and it was very interesting, she she lived with her in-laws, and they didn't have a really good relationship. So, you know, those heated arguments uh, – would come up and somebody taunting someone or saying things like that. She was was really worried about that. And she's like, I want to stop this because in our living room, that's where we all meet. And we recommended her uh, light pink since it's the color of the physical, like I mentioned. And overheated conversations are physical activities to soothe that down. And another thing I'm going to recommend is always, now, as artists, we know this, uh, everybody knows this, but maybe I'll go in a little bit scientific detail. It's always about balancing your longer wavelengths with your shorter wavelengths. So pink is a longer wavelength, and you will balance it with a green or blue, which are shorter wavelengths. And this is why that, you know, that balance um, palette you create, it works. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh- my mind is like spinning like a million, you know, thoughts a minute about, um, just figuring out what, you know, how everything is set up and what it all says. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I did a good job in this room, but maybe not in that room.
1: And, um, so it's, okay. you, you know, once you, now you know the concept, you know how important it is. It is. So my main motto is, Color is not mere decoration. It is not. It is innate to us human beings. And we just saw that. Just imagine living in a black and white world. We know that. There was a time as in our ancient times, there was no language. How did people survive? It was the language of colors. It is so it is inside us. So slowly, if you're just thinking about this concept, it's all about conscious living, about intentional choices, about being purposeful. And for me, it's never about the decor, it's not about the look. Of course, it's going to enhance the look. But it's going to enhance your life. And this is why you know, I, I, t- I say this a lot on my Instagram, and I know the weird looks I get, like color can transform your life, color can improve your relationships, color uh, can improve your well-being, your happiness. When you start thinking consciously, it will. But now you know this, you are going to think in that very different way, and slowly you will start tweaking things. And then you'll just be able to get inside you, your innate power is going to come out and it's going to guide you.
0: Yeah, so where would you recommend as artists we start learning more about this and harnessing it in our artwork?
1: Uh, uh, Just to start with, um, again, intuition. Think a little bit more about it. How is it making me feel? Maybe this is a certain tone. I'm not feeling good about it. Try another tone. And then you'll start finding your colors that actually work for you, uh, actually work for your clients. And of course, I'm here to help. Send me a message. I would love to answer any questions.
0: Awesome. Yes. Tell everyone where we can find you
1: and tell us about um, some of the things that you offer. Of course. So it's Menas Khan Studio. And I'm sure you put it in the show notes, right? That's going to be easier for everyone. So it's Menas Khan Studio on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active, on Facebook, on my website. You can send me a DM. Um, The products that I offer, I do one-on-one client consultations. And Lauren, I would like to offer your audience a free initial consultation, which is about, I I just take them through a process where they start seeing color consciously in their life, in their homes. And um, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Oh, that is
0: so generous and so nice of you. I hope people take you up on that and they, you know, hop on your blog and get all those resources that you have to start learning more about this and making more conscious decisions about how we're using color in our life and just being more aware. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things that I am taking from this conversation is, um, you know, I obviously work with color a lot as an artist, and it's just, Making me more aware of how I have been using it, and kind of like you said, why I was avoiding certain colors, why I really lean into certain ones, it's um, it's really fun to
1: to dig into this a little deeper. That's true. That's so true, and I love that.
0: Yeah. So tell us, um, what new creative thing that
1: you've been learning lately? Oh gosh, I am not learning anything new lately. I actually have to stop myself from that. Um. (laughs) I love variety in my life and it's very difficult for me to just stick to one, one kind of method, one kind of process and just be the best in that. So I'm avoiding things. <laughs> oh, nice. It, it was really difficult for me when I started my Instagram. Uh, I had a lot of mixed things and you know that doesn't work on Instagram. That's not good for your business aspect. So I had to control myself. But um, it's just my certain archetype that loves that kind of variety and mix. Yes, I
0: definitely struggle with that. And I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of us as artists definitely can, yes. can feel you on that. Um, what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you?
1: So because I'm so conscious about the choices um, and things around me, it's, uh, of course, painting is one side. And then it's, uh, what am I bringing into my home? But it's every single thing, just putting out my fruits and vegetables on the counter so I see a little bit more color in my life what colors are going on my plate um how are my kids feeling what colors do I bring into their life uh, so it's it, it rotates all around us even in my husband's um work clothes <laughs> it's he's like oh, like okay I should start you should start shopping for me <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you feel like you have so much power now that you, like, understand these concepts and you, like, are in charge of buying clothes for everyone?
1: Do you feel like you're like, I can control your moods? Uh, that is true. I, I, I've been buying his clothes always. He is not interested <laughs> in that part of it. But my husband is a physician. So I feel like, you know, he's going to pass that energy to his uh, sick patients also. <laughs> Coming mm. up with that bright color is like even a happy blue or... Uh, well, he only wears soft things. He's not ready for a magenta or something. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do feel that he is going to pass that energy.
0: Oh, I love that. I, I used to work in the hospital, and I can absolutely tell you the names of the doctors who addressed colorfully Uh, and I cannot remember the
1: ones who did not and I just remember
0: the difference that their presence made you're so you're so right
1: exactly so this makes me point out to one more thing and even though I do interiors colors and interiors I'll just add this we are people wear a lot of black to come out as, as authoritative and that's what is the psychology of black But if you start wearing your true personality colors, and you know, again, work on it, see what's in your wardrobe, how does it make you feel, or when you go shopping, when you start wearing colors that are true to your personality, you will not need to make that extra effort to be authoritative. You're automatically going to attract those people. Like you just mentioned, those doctors automatically attracted you, and you don't have to work that much hard to show who you are and what you're capable of. That is so true.
0: I can remember this very specific moment. And I don't know that I exactly know why it was so prominent in my mind until you just said that. I was used to be an elementary school counselor. And one day I was wearing a pair of hot pink pants and like maybe a black and white striped shirt. And I had this like really chunky, colorful beaded necklace on um, and, you know, a cardigan and like some cute little shoes. And one of the, I think it was the assistant principal was like, you look like a kindergarten teacher today. Like you would be like a magazine ad for kindergarten teacher. And I was like, I feel like I belong here, you know, (laughs) at this school in this moment. And it was, it was those like colors and patterns and all of that, just vibe all wrapped in. It made me feel so, um, like you said, like powerful and have had so much ownership in my role in those children's lives. True. And that is the energy that I wanted to be bringing in their classrooms every
1: day. That is true. Exactly.
0: Oh, okay. So now, okay. So what I want everyone to do is take a picture uh, in your most like ownership of who you are and what you want to bring to the world outfit and, and all the color you want to bring, um, and everything that it means to you. I want you guys to put together an outfit and share a picture on the, how she creates hashtag so that we can see. (laughs) Um, okay. So our last question, what is your favorite resource for creativity? Where do you go when you need some inspiration?
1: I am going to say Instagram, especially with COVID going on. We're home all the time Mm -hmm. now. You cannot go out in nature. And then again, in the climate I live in, it's cold most part of the year. So it is definitely Instagram. You have so much variety. And then people, you meet people all over the world. Like you're in the other part of the world, right? Yeah. Um, So that is the number one source where you can sit home and you can connect and you can see all these different things going on. It's so true. It has been such
0: a like lifeline for so many mm-hmm. people right now um, and always for creativity. That's why I love Instagram true. so much. It's so inspiring.
1: Yeah, you um, have to so- find the positive in it. <laughs> That's true. Yes. You, everything has this, both sides of the coin, so you just have to see that side.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Manaz,
1: what's new with you? What can we be looking forward to? Um, what are you working on? I'm... The same thing, color psychology, more emphasis, spreading the word out there. I truly believe it's life-changing. I'm passionate about it. It changed my life. It cha- It can change your life. And anybody, once you start seeing color more consciously, more intentionally, it is definitely going to make a good impact. And especially with COVID going on and the lifestyle change we're adapting to, we're all going to be home longer. Uh, we just need to accept that and creating an environment that's nurturing, that's actually supporting you and motivating you to be happy, be healthy.
0: Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. This was such a mind blowing episode. I know I'm my mind is just spinning. And I know everyone else is going to be really excited to connect with you and learn more. So we're going to have all the links to find you in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast and you can connect with Manaz. And we will be back next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com/podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at laurenlikesblog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.